is not lost today. It is found. Force is strong in my family. Hello, and welcome to Hollywood RX. The doctors are in. This is actually volume two of episode six, our review of Star Wars The Fork of Awakens continues yes um we just uh we 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 had so much to say about this darn thing we thought it'd be better to break it into two so it's more manageable on our end and on the end of our listeners um okay but sort of gearing back up to where we were i can't actually remember where we left off it doesn't matter no we'll just we'll we'll just just, keep going fresh um i think we hadn't really started talking yet about the individual actors we had mentioned jj abrams but not necessarily alias and uh, you know, Lost right. and other things he's been involved in. Um, all of which are of this caliber. I mean, you kept coming back yesterday to this idea that for you, if there was any um, place that that all responsibility for expectations and delivery rested, it was on the shoulders of J.J. Abrams with maybe an aside to Lawrence Kasdan. Um, and so we didn't go into too much about how you felt about his other work. Have you seen, as far as J.J. Abrams is concerned, did you see uh, the Mission Impossible Three, which I love. Yes, that's the I one did. with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Oh my um, God, I love yeah, him in that. I guess. It was okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So I, I liked I liked the double life aspect that they set it up with. Okay. But yeah, it, it was fun. I wasn't looking at it as a JJ film at that point. I was still. I still had the Tom Cruise bee in my bonnet. Okay. So, so, so for J.J. Abrams, your touchstone is really, excuse me, it's really, um, uh, what is my brain thinking? Uh, the Star Trek series. And where is it did you get your J.J. Abrams has got to you know, deliver and so on and so forth? Where do you get your level oh, set for him? Well, I think only because, like we covered yesterday, it, because... Star Trek. Star Trek was his reboot. He kind of came on board to, to do it. I kind of, I thought he would be in that fixer mode again and really. Jack this up to the next level, so. Okay. That's okay. probably that's an unrealistic expectation on my part. That okay, I but it was full it was responsibility. But it was largely based on his work in the Star Star Trek reboot, and you had seen uh, Super Eight, correct? Yes, I saw okay. Super 8, I think, after I saw um, Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah. Star Trek, uh, chronologically, they came out. Uh, uh, Super 8 was two years after. In 2011, Super 8 came out. Um, and and, and did, was that a, a thumbs up for you generally or a thumbs down? You don't need to go into a whole review. Um, it, was just, it was a sideways thumb. <laughs> it was a okay. hitchhiking thumb. Okay. Um, he took a lot of relatively unknown uh, actors in that and uh, and put them to work, which is, I guess was good practice for this one. There weren't a lot of recognizable people there. Oh, what about Cloverfield? Was that him? That I was going to say. I, I was about to bring that up. Is that it's Star Trek and the Cloverfield connection? Because I really liked Cloverfield. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm trying to figure out like where you got this this uh, J.J. Abrams boner from, from. And he didn't direct that, though, did he? He just produced it. Uh, that's correct. 
Okay. A guy named Matt Reeves, I believe, directed that. And, again, filled with a bunch of people we don't know. So he really is capable of working with... Uh, I mean, if you can handle Tom Cruise and come out unscathed, I think you uh, can handle uh, <laughs> Gary what, Fisher Tom, and Harrison Ford. Is Tom Ford. Uh, Sacred Monster? Was he like, no, uh, but he's a pretty big powerhouse. I don't think he's a prima donna, necessarily. Um, but my guess is, I, I don't know, he's probably a good collaborator. He wouldn't get all these uh, top-notch people working with him. Yeah. I can't believe you're you're ragging on Santa. <laughs> I'm not ragging on him. I'm just, uh, I just look. Is there any doubt that he is like one of the most powerful actor producers, whatever? Yes, and is it not also true that his name comes up when people talk of magnanimous actors? Uh, or, yes, I the, yes, the, correct. The, All the right. genuinely affable who uh, are a pleasure to work with? I didn't think I had been, uh, that I was actually bagging on him, but yes, uh, whatever. You know what? I withdraw the comment. I'm just uh, saying, I'm just saying, jury, the, I, never had, I never had the impression, <laughs> I've never once heard like of a Tom Hanks fit on the set or something. Hang on a second, are we talking Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise? Oh, you were talking about Tom. You said Tom Hanks before. You said if you can, <laughs> if deal you can with work Tom with Tom Hanks, Hanks, Hanks oh, and okay. come out unscathed. <laughs> and I was, and I was trying my in my head. I was like, what the fuck did J.J. Abrams do with? Well, I don't seem like an asshole. So I'm just gonna like go along with it. I'm clearly forgetting something. Well, go along with it, except that you called yeah. me out on it. But in any case, that whole conversation now makes a lot more sense. Because yeah. yes, Tom Hanks is a delight uh, from every from every corner. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh my god! Hey, Madonna. It's like not even it's universe. I met Tom Cruise. Mission oh. Impossible Three. J.J. Abrams came through working with Tom Cruise. I'm scared. I'm very sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh my god. Excuse me. All right. Oh yeah, my well, God. I can't say. I don't know. I don't know. But Tom Cruise, I don't think, has a reputation for, like, throwing hissy fits. Exactly. Now you're also defending Tom Cruise. Okay. Well, it's no, true. I get it. I mean, true, I'm not, true. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of other aspects. Right. Exactly. Um Okay, so as far as the uh, as far as the cast, we've already I think touched on Daisy Ridley and went woo hoo. Uh, she was uh, easy on the eyes certainly, but that's the least of it. She really uh, did a terrific job, I thought. Yes, she conveyed some. She conveyed a lot going on under yeah, the surface. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I mean, if we're if we're going to be in this conversation where we're comparing, and she's essentially this new generation's version of Luke Skywalker. If you go back and look at episode four, uh, uh, Mark Hamill, bless his heart, and Luke is who Luke is, but he is such a little bitch in that movie. Every line he says is a whine of some kind or another. Um, Mark Hamill? Mark Hamill. If you go back and look at episode four, oh. he's like, but I wanted to go out and do this. And, oh, do you know my father? I mean, everything he says is this sort of this sort of a whining, kind of a grating, teenage, annoying thing. For me and for the others I watched it with recently. Uh, however, she is uh, very, has a great sense of peace and a great uh, sense of, pre and a great presence. 
So she's able to be quiet on the screen without disappearing, and that's a terrific gift. I think. I yes. think. That's a very good observation. Um, and so her counterpart, uh, the new face for us anyway, uh, John Boyega, playing Finn, the uh, reluctant, yes. <laughs> reluctant stormtrooper. Um, I thought he was. <laughs> I like that title, the reluctant stormtrooper. <laughs> Uh, I thought he was uh, he was solid as well. I don't think I liked him as much as I liked her, but he certainly hit the beats that he needed to hit for he me. He did. He did. I wasn't, you know, I think I was talking yesterday about the, the, that I felt like there was this forced camaraderie, this, uh, that they, they, they were too too quick to embrace too yes. overly enthusiastic with each other we talked about that I, being part of a sped up nature that they have to move forward really quickly so they get to parts that they haven't necessarily earned in terms of the relationships because they're trying to get through yeah but since this is a whole new thing I kind of yeah. wish they had spent the time on it I wanted some more details a little more fleshing out of the situations uh, of the the effect of the situations on their characters. Yeah. And, and, I, and to make it this, this somewhat more distinct between them. But is that in the writing or is that in his, his playing of it? Um, it's both. I mean, when okay. he says, oh, hell no, to, hell, to Han Solo, yeah. well, you know, you use, use like our vernacular or something like this. It's like, oh, okay, this was a truly universal expression <laughs> That's been used for millions of years, yes. and we only just caught up with it. Well, in this cyclical nature of the 21st of the, century, the cyclical nature of the approach to uh, the universe and to the storytelling here, I take it. I took that to mean that there was some version of the Jeffersons that existed uh, long ago in a galaxy far away, where he would have picked up that kind of attitude from a, uh, you know, a George Jefferson type uh, character. <laughs> Just completely joking. Uh, apparently, these things. I should just stop. Everyone, take a drink. Adam just told a joke. Greg remains stone faced. All right. So, uh, okay. Here, here's what it comes down to. If I hear Daisy Ridley's in a movie coming up that's non Star Wars related, I'll go, hey, I think I want to see that. That does not apply to John Boyega at this point. Well, okay. Then I would I defend him, and I think he did great with what they asked of him to do. I don't like the way they conceived of certain character beats. Um, and yeah, he, he did what he's required. He, he wasn't, he didn't have to transcend or rise above. I feel. Okay. Okay. I mean, I feel, <clears throat> I feel that, yeah, that he delivered on what he was asked to deliver. And I look forward to seeing what he does later in this story. Yes. But I'm not sure I, I'm as interested in seeing what he does outside this, this universe at this point. But I, I certainly wish him a long and healthy career and starting out, not starting out, but yes. hitting the national, uh, hitting the international stage with this uh, pretty much guarantees anybody. He's British, I believe. Other opportunities. Yeah, I'm trying not to hold that against him. So is she, obviously. But, of course. Um, so if I if if I were your son's age and I had seen this movie, Daisy yes. Ridley would basically inform the template of Dream Girl. Dream Girl. All right, that's cool. Yeah. Um, one because I'm I'm full of all these uh, pieces of trivia, and as long as we're mentioning her, 
There was, uh, apparently during the development of the original episode four, there was some discussion uh, with George and I guess costume designers or other elements, other people in the, in the production, that Luke Skywalker might become a girl. And there was- uh, Well, I think, I think clearly he's gonna be passing, uh, passing the torch on, as it were, Oh, oh, sure. But what they did, I mean, the conversations back then, and this sort of blows my oh, mind. Oh, even back then? Even, that's what saying. I'm saying. Back then, uh, the actual character of Luke Skywalker, there was a period of time it was considered that they might switch the gender in 1975 or 76, whenever they were in pre-production. And there were sketches that existed of what the costumes would look like if Luke was a woman. Wow. You're just and, reading this now? Well, I had read it, read it recently, yes. Not, okay. not as we sit here. Okay. Um, and... The clothes that she's wearing are based on those sketches from 30-some-odd years ago. Um, And you can see the Luke Skywalker in that clothing because it's coming from the same sort of point of view. Um, So I found that absolutely interesting. And in a similar way, I'm not sure you must realize this, that um, in the original script for uh, the movie Alien, Ridley Ridley was a man. I think that I had read or heard somewhere. And I absolutely think that was a stroke of genius to change it. I mean, that changed so much, Um, not just in that movie, but then sort of across the sci-fi, the genre itself, the film genre itself, in terms of putting a a woman in that action role. And and Sigourney Weaver took great advantage of that moving forward. No, no, no. That was a great choice on her part. To, yes. To Whereas with Ghostbusters, it may not end up being such a great choice to turn them all into women. I'm hopeful that that new, uh, the upcoming reboot, or shall we say, extension of that universe, uh, is not a horrible train wreck. I think uh, all the actresses there. I mean, are you aware that uh, they're doing this? It looks like you uh, you may not even be in touch. I'm sorry that they're doing what? They're rebooting Ghostbusters. Yeah. With with four women, four terrifically yeah. funny women at, as the Busters. Yeah, I'm all um, over it. Oh, okay, I am too. I'm I'm. It may not prove to be as ingenious as changing Ridley to a woman, but we'll see. No, but it'll work. It'll it'll oh, definitely so. land I'm, with our time. I mean, Kristen with, Kristen Wiig is fantastic. Uh, right. Kate Leslie Mc, Jones, Kate McKinnon. Um, and uh, Melissa McCarthy. And there's a list where Melissa, four funny women and Melissa McCarthy, who is hilarious, somehow came last. So, I mean, that's mm. a really great uh, cast there, but not what we're here to talk about at the moment, but we will probably nope. end up talking about it later. This cast that we're looking at for Star Wars is insane in terms of, like, how many people they got of, of such a caliber. I'm jumping down to uh, Poe Dameron, uh, the character Poe Dameron played by Oscar Isaac. Yeah, let's talk about this. You know, let's, I want to get off yes, the cast, let's. and I want to start oh, okay. like, talking Uh-oh. about problems with the movie. Because for me, okay. it's impossible to talk about really anyone in the cast and the characters and not address these huge, huge holes for me. Okay, go for it. Um, I... I did not care for Poe's character. I did not know for sure what his name was until I looked it up afterwards. Oh, okay. For some reason, it never quite came out clearly in the movie. I know everyone said his name like eight times, but I swear I heard five different <laughs> names. 
Okay. So, yeah, but I thought I thought basically the having him pop up back at the end was the cheat of the century. Okay. Okay. I I just thought that was so hackneyed, and frankly, he he was almost inconsequential to the outcome. As far as we were concerned, I I just had an issue with the whole with the whole climax basically having blueprinted the the climax of the of episode four. Yes, I, I know that, and I and I agree to a certain extent that that is problematic. So, um, no, to be honest, I, I, I didn't care for the way he was for for him in that in that okay. role when so, they played it. Just I don't know. He was just like this this cocky guy. I, I wasn't sure at first if he's the one Ray was waiting for. Like if they were connected somehow from right. a distance. It it just, it just seemed very false to me. Yeah. I really didn't like the scene where Finn defects and they're instant buddies. He just yeah. instantly trusts this guy. This was another one of your instant buddy uh, moments uh, where people got along too quickly. Yes. Yeah, that the the speed of the plot was moving at such a, a, a such a speed. The plot was moving at such a speed that it required them to be immediately friendly with one another. They could easily they could just as easily have been wary of one another or exactly. distrustful and still gotten through what they were going to get exactly. through. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I we mean, we essentially he hands yeah. him a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sure, here, buddy, let's go. Right, right. Well, I mean, I'm not sure what necessarily the objections would be. I don't know. I have to go back and revisit that scene, and I don't want this to come become a big argument <clears throat> between the two of us where we're breaking down the function of these scenes. I agree with you. Oh, we would. We normally would. Well, <laughs> okay. Then here's the thing. Okay, then. This is all right. your show self. All right. Because Hang on a second. No, 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 no. Oh, then, no, I'm, I'm coming after you. So sit still. What at what reaction should uh, Poe Dameron have had when that stormtrooper comes in and hauls him off? He thinks he's being taken. Who knows where he thinks he's being taken? Possibly to his own death, as he's being haul, taken down a hallway. It's not until they get some distance where the guy goes, "I'm breaking you. I'm breaking us out." What should his reaction have been at that point? That could have been contentious, or do you you think it should have been less? Okay, buddy, let's do this, and more. Uh, you are, or, or what? What did you want from Poe in that moment, other than friendliness? Uh, just, I guess, a little, a little wariness. That it just would have seemed to me like, what do you mean you want to get it? Like, we like the two, like how we get out of here? I don't know. Yeah. I. Uh, I Here's the thing. If you go back to episode four and we look at the template for relationships to a certain extent, Ben and Luke hit it off very quickly, but there's a fairly good reason for that. Um, and then when you get to Han Solo, yeah. who, who's then the next template for how relationships are going to be formed, yes. he's, he's very caustic and he's like uh, a little cocky, a little snotty, and so on and so forth. Um, and he is—he's—he doesn't speak on multiple layers at that point. He doesn't go, uh, "Well, I'm a little nervous about making it." He just goes, "I can do anything." 
what do you mean? He never plays the idea that maybe something else is going on until he, we get deeper into the series and he starts to have different, <clears throat> more intense feelings for people. You're right. Um, so right. saying what's on all their mind right, right away right. is a thing. But you know what? It's because <laughs> yeah. he's just too damn handsome. Well, there is that too. Hair and his <laughs> his his ready to be a five o'clock shadow coming in there, even when he just shaved. Still like when I well, saw like, him, I think, he's one of those guys. I don't think I don't think his his, his facial hair actually ever stops. <laughs> Just mean? constantly in a, <laughs> yes. like a glacier. It's just constantly yes. slowly coming out. I'm sure you're right. More um. <laughs> continuity person. Right, exactly. I saw him and I thought, okay, he's supposed to be the new uh, uh, Han Solo in a sense. He's a pilot. He's swaggering. He's whatever. And I felt I found him charming. I didn't feel it put on. So when we meet him on the surface of that planet, I felt... You know, when he's trying to negotiate or whatever it was he was doing down there. And he's got uh, the droid with him, <clears throat> regrettably. Um, it, it, regrettably in that it's the R2-D2. Oh, this is the new R2. This is the new Han Solo. Whatever it is. They're mixing and matching and so on and so forth. I just bought him right away. I agree with you that in the larger sense, he almost could have not even had a character. Or he could have just disappeared completely and it wouldn't have made a big difference. I'm assuming he's coming back in the future, to play a larger, uh, more significant part in the overall story, the overarching story. Are you familiar with Oscar Isaac as a, no. as a performer? Oh, no. dude, okay. Because I was delighted to see him there, whereas you were not. Um, I have mentioned more times, and <laughs> probably will again, Ex Machina. He was uh, one of the three people, essentially, in that movie. Um, he was been in, um, you, you might know him better from our beloved, uh, Coen brothers and their inside Lewin Davis. I still haven't seen that. I haven't seen it either, but I know that he's the guy from that. So I thought you might know, uh, I thought you might know him from that. Um, <clears throat> so he's an actor who's essentially on the rise. He's also going to be doing a future, uh, X-Men movie. So he's a guy who's in demand and, and well thought of. And I like him a lot, personally. So I was happy to see him. And, and just, part, this is, like, uh, how do I put this? Your relative unfamiliarity with him worked against you. And my relative familiarity with him worked with me. Because when he disappeared, I went, there's no way you hire Oscar Isaac to disappear. Ah. So I was just waiting for the moment that he might turn back up in the story. I did feel like it was like, this that is a sense. little bit far later. And, and a kind of like, who cares in a way that doesn't quite... It wasn't like, you know, suddenly somebody needs something and he appears and there's like a moment. It's just like walking down a hall and, oh, hey, there's you. It, it, they did throw it away in a way that made me go, uh, that felt weird. And I agree. Well put. Okay, yeah. Well yeah. put. Through that, through the moment away, what could have been. Just a little more nuanced. That, that real. And I would have felt yeah. a little more drawn in. Okay. But I felt like there was too much of that kind of cut to the chase. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really were uh, moving at a, an impressive clip. So what other sort of story problems did you want to, or do you want to talk about cast members but then bring up the thing about them that, that oh, bothered no, 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 you? Oh, uh, go, keep going with the positive, and I'll just... <laughs> 
Well, not all of the... Not, I'll, I'll just hurl my spears. Hang on. No, no, no. That's all right. Not all of the cast members, even though I think they're great, are positive. Like, I think I felt like Oscar Isaac was underutilized. There's a lesser-known actress. I want to make sure I get her name right. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie, who's from Game of Thrones. And we absolutely adore her on Game of Thrones. I'm not sure if you're a throne watcher. I don't think you are. I'm not. She is essentially an Amazonian. I mean, she is huge. And she plays a knight. Uh, or for all intents and purposes, she plays a knight. And, and does battle and gets involved in adventure and has code of honor and so on and so forth. She's a fantastic oh. character on that show. Oh, so she played the, the, the supreme leader of the dark <laughs> evil force? No. She played, <laughs> she played the stormtrooper who looked like an aluminum trash can who was oh. uh, playing scenes with Finn. You never even saw her face. And then Apparently, somewhere in the third act or in the late in the second act, she gets she put into a trash compactor yeah. or down a garbage chute right. on a planet that's doomed to explode. So I'm like, <laughs> why would you cast her if, if she you didn't give her anything to do? I can only assume that somehow she got out of the garbage can, got to a vehicle, <laughs> got off the planet. I don't know. Well, you know, unfortunately, J.J. Abrams goes on re- has gone on record yeah. saying he doesn't believe in extended versions or deleted scenes, so we don't have that treat to look forward to. Or we can assume that there weren't any and that someone like that might be coming back. I can imagine, because they leave, they leave you with some, some puzzlers on this thing, right? Okay. Yeah, maybe someone breaks her out. Maybe there's like another Finn character who's like, hey, man, <laughs> you and yes. me, out of here. <laughs> out of here. Uh, I can imagine a version, just now I'm writing it in my head, where, because we see, I don't know who we see it is, but the, but the, the Supreme Snokes, whatever his, whatever his supremacy was, um, uh, Snokes tells somebody, you know, bring um, uh, Kylo Ren to me. Uh, and we know that Kylo Ren has been left in a forest. He's been chopped to half to pieces by, uh, by Rey. And uh, then the ground started breaking up. So we're to believe that from wherever that central communication room was, where the guy was told by Snokes to get him and bring him. Um, are you with me so far? I'm not sure you... Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with that, you. That guy somehow goes out into the, into the forest as the, as the planet is imploding or exploding and finds him and gets off the planet before it completely blows up. There's no way that Adam Driver is not going to be coming back. So they got off the planet even though we didn't see them. How right. he found him in the forest with all that, is there, a, is there a low jack on his lightsaber? I'm not sure how that actually worked out or if, he, or if, if um, Kylo Ren himself staggered back into the main station at that point. But they could have been reunited with um, Silver Trash Can Stormtrooper. At that point, the three True. of them could have gotten off together somehow. I suppose that's true. Um, But that's a pretty large piece of work for you to do yourself as an audience member. Yes. Um, Maybe they will uh, show it a little bit in the next one. So there's there's an example of an actor who, it wasn't all happy. I was unhappy that they didn't really use her. There was no point in her being there. But ask your question. I thought you meant you were unhappy in terms of like, you really didn't think someone lived up to the challenge. Or it was just uh, you know, miscast. Well, that may be true for one of these for me. Go on, but ask your question. So, Carrie Fisher, for example. Empire. You're the evil empire. Yes, and I am. And you know that <clears throat> the thing you want to get rid of anyway yeah. is down in this watering hole that people have been coming to for a thousand years, right? Yeah. Okay? Right. <laughs> <clears throat> you start... You start carpet bombing or 
targeted strike bombing as you're yeah you know bringing in the infantry the ground troops yes <clears throat> but you're not going to hit the big vessel sitting parked right outside sitting right next to it yes um, can you remind me was their goal to collect a specific person or persons from the surface of that uh, planet? No, wasn't it at that point? Or was it just the a point in which they said, "We have what we need. We you just have to destroy that drone anyway." That okay. Droid anyway. Okay, so I'm going to do you one better. They have a machine which can obliterate a planet entirely. Why are they bothering with uh, targeted strikes, carpet bombs, and ground troops if they can just blow the planet up that they know the droid is on and then the information is in nobody's hands? I agree with you, and I take it a step further in that they could have just blown up the entire planet and had done with it. Yes, that's true. Unless we're supposed to believe that the Force, the good side of the Force, it in and of itself was clouding their judgment because of its goodness and its, and its, its innate forciness, and that somehow that led to, uh, never mind, I'm just I'm not really joking. This is not a joke that requires anyone laugh. It's sort of maybe some wry, a wry smile would work. Um, and I'm sure there were a few of those. So I don't know. I don't know why they didn't, didn't do it that way instead. Um, that was a very cool effect. So oh, the that, that <laughs> long distance. Yes. Taking out the planets. Yeah, yeah. The distance. Um, although I did read, you know, uh, uh, you know, comments where people were like, and for the, those listening at home, I'm pushing my glasses up the bridge of my nose as I say this. Well, uh, technically, you wouldn't actually be able to see the trail of light because it's, uh, they're at a distance and it's light. It wouldn't happen in real time. Okay. And, uh, Thanks, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I'm sure he looked at it and said, that's cool, and kept his mouth shut about the rest of it. Yeah, well, we shouldn't be hearing the explosions. Yeah, by. exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's right. So, so go watch uh, uh, Downton Abbey, <laughs> if, that's yeah. your, if that's what you, you want, uh, realism. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, go watch Kim Burns. So we, t we touched on Snokes uh, briefly, or Snoke. I keep putting an S on his name that I shouldn't. Uh, played by Andy Serkis. When I saw Andy Serkis was going to be in this, part of me was very excited because I think he, I think that guy's a genius. Yeah, he is. And he is involved in a, a kind of performance, this motion capture. I sound like an old man. Well, there's this thing they call the motion capture. Mo the motion picture. Yeah. Um, he's He is a pioneer in that field, and I'll be goddamned yes. if he shouldn't get some kind of Oscar just for the work he's done as a, across these films. Oh, uh, he probably will. Uh, I he hope so, will. and sooner rather than later. But um, So when I saw his name, I thought a little part of me really hoped that I'd be able to see him work without all of the extra... Uh, technology and that it would just be him. Although I have seen him do his the acting man behind the motion man, capture. Yeah, I have seen him do some acting before, and I don't really feel like he's as versatile uh, when limited by his own physicality as he is when he is freed from his own physicality. Um, that's as diplomatically as I can put it. I'm a big fan of his, um, and so ultimately, ultimately, it really wasn't a surprise to see him playing a digital character. Uh, in a sense, I'm sure we're going to see Snoke 
more yeah. closely and less um what do you call it? what was that form of communication was um not telepathic it was uh uh what is that called when you uh, holographic <clears throat> we we essentially saw him as a hologram in this right. and then and and next time we'll be seeing him kind of quote unquote in person but he'll still be i'm assuming some sort of digital character um but i look forward to him there that's not exactly a complaint about an actor but no my real complaint is i'm not 100 percent sure about adam driver how did i know you were coming <laughs> that that's where you were going well, i thought that's, it was great that's What's where your i've problem? gone problem well i i sort of am not so sure about uh his uh gravitas he, he feels a little bit like a lightweight to me. And so I'm allowing for the fact that this character might become more and more of a um, uh, uh, more and more solid. And I want to say stolid, but I don't even think that's a word um, uh, as the as the story continues, that he's going to come into his own as a threat. But yeah. be, because he seems like a like a New York City hip kid or whatever to me, I'm I'm carrying in with me some of the other roles he's played, or a hipster of some kind. Um, and then for some reason huh. that that kind of I want to say, um, oh, there was a I think there was a Dracula film in the '70s or '80s. I can't remember what it was, but his hair really looked like it was out of the '80s to me. This big sort of helmet of black hair. And and I just had a reaction to his hair, which is really stupid. I know. No comment. <laughs> uh, no, I thought he was really. I, I but, thought he was really good. I th actually, if anything, I didn't think he was sinister enough. But I don't blame that on him. I blame it okay. on on the way they fleshed him out. That's kind of uh, what I'm driving at when I say to, the gravitas. He didn't have the weight behind it. But go on. No, and in fact. Um, I know I didn't like the effect that they gave his voice a la Vader. Yeah. Um, because first of all, it looked like it, it looked like there was a temporary piece of space metal or whatever covering up the <laughs> Tell the me more about the space metal, yes. And uh it just it, it it almost it was almost comic relief. Okay, for me. I can buy it's, that. I can just buy because that. Of, just because there was that other guy who's kind of like professionally jealous of him and like you know just just waiting to knock him off. To <laughs> right, right. It, and it just I don't know. It just it just started to be funny after a while that he's the only one walking around. Like, why does he get a helmet? Yes. Well, hang on a second. There's, I have reactions to what you're saying, all of which I love. The other guy, by the way, that you're referring to is Domhnall Gleeson, uh, the, uh, the red-headed uh, Nazi, essentially, in this. Um, some higher-ranking type Nazi person. Um, and we'll come to Domhnall later because he's an actor I actually like a lot. Um, <clears throat> so up on these... <laughs> well, he was also in Ex Machina. Kids today. He was also in Ex Machina, so... Uh, in any case, there you go. There again. We go. <laughs> I really have to see this. I did not like Gattaca. Okay. I'm not an Andrew Nichol fan. Okay, I'm I sorry. I don't think I really liked it either. Um, I can't now recall entirely, but I liked Truman Show. Didn't love it, but I liked it very much. I believe I saw that with you. Uh, possibly. I'm sorry I if I've forgotten. That, uh, I think we saw that when I was living out there. Um, 
But as far as his voice is concerned, I want you to step back for a second. You're seeing it as the production team putting him in that mask and using that voice to make him sound like Darth Vader. I think there's another level to the interpretation, which is that he, the character obsessed with his grandfather, Darth Vader, opted to be put into a mask so that he could have a similarity to the person that he idolizes and yeah. similarly oh, did the voice. That. Okay. I got that. But it, I guess because of, of Donald Gleason's character just waiting to ascend, just waiting in the wings <laughs> yeah. to, 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 to trip this guy. Right. I guess that put kind of a funny angle on it. I see. Me. So it started to it started to erode the way in which you could take uh, Kylo Ren seriously as a villain because there was a little bit of t too much of another layer to it or too much humanity in him um, to to the point at which you might seem a little foolish. Thank you. Even while you're loving the fact that it's Adam Driver and you're enjoying a lot of what I've he's doing. I've never seen Adam Driver before. When he took the mask off, first of all, I thought it was. It was early to do that. Uh, yes, I agree. But I was just kind of stunned. Like, when I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, what a vision right. for, that, for this character. Who uh, were his parents? <laughs> um, now, just to touch on Adam Driver for a second and some of his history, uh, yeah. he was also in Inside <laughs> Lewin Davis, so you'd know him if you'd seen that. Um, he's also on Girls, and he's very popular on that show. I've seen neither of those things. Um, but I have seen a few other little things that he's done, including This Is Where I Leave You, which was a kind of a, a family um, comedy with, I think, Jason Bateman and uh, uh, Jane Fonda. And I think even uh, who's that, that actress I like a lot? Tina Fey, I think, was in that. Um, a great ensemble cast. And While We Were Young, which was Ben Stiller and uh, at, shoot, it's also While We Were Young was actually by a serious filmmaker. Uh, Noah Baumbach. Right. Um, yes. And so yes. slightly more, which who Ben has worked with before in, I can't remember what it was. What was it about the drug addict, uh, the guy who was Midnight, writing? Uh, permanent Midnight. Permanent Midnight. There you go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, in in that particular uh, f film, Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts are a, a, a married couple. He's a documentarian. And Adam Driver and Amanda Seyfried, is that how you pronounce her name? I think so, yeah. Okay. They uh, uh, sort of are aspiring to be them, and it's this funny older couple hanging yeah. out with a younger yeah, yeah, couple yeah. thing. Anyway, yeah. so I'd seen him in a couple of things, but in none of them did he seem um, like the epitome of evil. So I was having trouble <laughs> seeing him like that here because maybe some of these very reasons you're talking about. He struck me as having the vocal range such that he could exclusively deliver his lines in the lower register for when the dark side is commanding really him. comes in and and then the higher and when it's the okay. lighter side right. of force so i'm going to hold off on truly saying he was miscast ultimately until i see him in the full range of what they intend it to be i think i heard they were going to make a sequel to this one um, that's another joke. Make a sequel to this. Is that that's a joke? A, that's another joke. Yes, thank you. Oh man, <laughs> I'm way too dry. Uh, Dom Nall Gleason was also in Brooklyn, which I loved. 
and oh, that's which, right. which I loved him in. So, right. uh, not to keep going over, it's like there's only four movies in the universe. And I just keep talking about them all over. over I don't again. know. My screeners are on the way. Oh, good, good. I did they, not they, care. They probably got pilfered in the mail. I did not care for him in this movie. Um, I'm not sure I was nuts about the part at all. The way that part was written was very one-dimensional. Um, and I, huh? Sorry, go ahead. No, and I expect that uh, we're probably going to see uh, that character that he played. I don't know what it was called, like General Hux, I think is what it was called, something like that. Mm. That he is going to become less and less, uh, be less and less charmed by being the the uh, at the beck and call of Snoke and the you know the the darker you know the, what do you call them the whatever the whatever the new word for the stormtroopers is. Um, and that he's going to rise up and try to seize control of the universe yeah. at some point because it's Nazis after all, and they're not really known for staying in place and minding their their p's and q's, minding their business. Yeah, they're not like that. So I'm not well sure. Said. Now I'm we're going to get the JDL on our ass. <laughs> no, hang on. I don't know why. Don't put JDL as one of the tags of this episode. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, a little, a little, uh, a little uh, buzz wouldn't kill us. Um, I don't know why they feel they needed to introduce Nazis into the into the Star Wars universe. We had enough evil already. But um, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it, it, to me, it's it, it almost cheapens it a little bit because it, it's so obvious. It makes obvious. it a little storm stormship troopers or whatever that movie was that uh, right. the, the starship troopers. Starship troopers. Uh, thank you. Um, Don't which... thank me. Thank Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> thank you. I'm so glad you said his name because I was just going to go, that German guy. He's not even German. <laughs> oh, no? Well, what is he, Dutch? Yes. Oh, okay. I'll put Dutch in the list, though. Anyway, so um, that is so ham-fistedly done, that uh, Starship Troopers. That movie's great. It's, well, it may be great, but it's not subtle. Well, no, but that's, yeah. I know that's part of it, but what I'm saying yeah. is that, that they were bordering on Starship Troopers-level uh, subtlety or, uh, uh, you know, non-subtlety with Domhnall Gleeson and what he represented. Oh, I was, yeah, I was just thinking of that shot where he's, that scene where he's addressing the sea of truth sure. and they all get quasi yeah they hold their their closed fist in the fire. air yeah exactly uh, you know what's kind of scary is that shot uh was one of the few things that my 15 year old went that was a great scene i'm like wait a minute you like seeing <laughs> fascists gathering and uh, a little nerve-wracking but uh um Anyway, you know, Domhnall Gleeson, for some reason in this movie, he reminds me, speaking of Paul Verhoeven, he reminds me of an actor named Pat, uh, actor and comedian named Patrick Bristow. I don't know Patrick Bristow. You would recognize him if you see him. Oh, but he's in one of the he's in a Seinfeld. Oh, no. OK, he's, <laughs> he, he, he looks like Domhnall Gleeson. Yeah, um, he's in Showgirls, which is the Paul Verhoeven connection. Sure. Um. I'll look him up. But what did um, Paul Verhoeven also directed? Uh, didn't he direct Robocop? Yeah. yeah. Another subtle um, uh, film. What did you say? Paul Bristow? Patrick Patrick Bristow. Bristow. Okay. Um, so I can see him. Because well, I, I know I've, I've mentioned, I'm not mentioned, I 
know several of the things you mentioned, certainly Showgirls I saw. Um, so I know I've seen him. That's right. It was required viewing back when we... Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I know him. I, he's in everything. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're saying that he... Oh, my God. That Tom Nall Gleason reminded you of him. I guess that's fair. I think Tom Nall is 20-some-odd years, maybe 30 years younger than he is. Oh, no, he is. Um, no, he, he, he's like Patrick Bristow reincarnate. Yeah. Right? No, he's Scottish. Or yes, I'm sure he played a, a, but, some sort of uppity... Um, uh, clerk person on Seinfeld. Yes. He do, yes. He's done a lot of that, but he's just done tons of work. Very yeah. distinctive looking. Uh, you know, Great I, guy. Nothing yeah. that I'm seeing here on his page makes me want to say it out loud, though. Transformers, Age of Extinction, uh, Last Man Standing, a lot, a lot of TV, The Middle. Uh, so I would have seen him recently because we watch The Middle here pretty regularly. Um, yes, he's a great guy. I didn't, I didn't know his name. I feel embarrassed that I didn't. God bless you, Patrick Bristow. And happy new year to you. Um, so, uh, yes, going back to the cast and other things that we, I mean, we haven't even touched on um, many of the many of the big and key people here. Uh, we did. What it, a waste of Max von Sydow. Oh my God. I know, but it was almost the level of waste. Actually, you know, we're talking about the cyclical nature of Star Wars. That's almost exactly the amount of waste that they had with uh, the other British actor from Episode Four, uh, with the Peter long... Cushing. Peter Cushing, yes. So I think in in true Star Wars tradition, That's, that is fair. <laughs> they that wasted. is a fair uh, no, uh, comparison. Um, yes, it was complete waste. Uh, it's just ridiculous, uh, and and sort of almost there. There was actually a fair amount of like almost bordering on cameos by very well-known. I mean, you only call them cameos cameos when they're well-known. Otherwise, they're just called bit parts. Um, you Otherwise, know. it's called work. <laughs> right. Uh, well, that, that too. But like, um, like Gwendolyn Christie, who I mentioned before, and, uh, and um, <clears throat> who, the guy you just talked about. Uh, and apparently, I mean, look at it this way. Greg Grunberg had more to do in this movie than Max von Sydow. Or just about anyone. Do you know Greg Grunberg? No. Oh, my God. He played Snap Wexley. And I'm not even looking that up. Snap Wexley. There was uh, a character named Snap in yes, this movie? Yes, there was. Uh, uh, Greg Grunberg has known J.J. Abrams since elementary school. And Greg used to do, when, when, when uh, J.J. did home movies in the backyard, Greg would be in those home movies. Like wow. little, little, Who you know. Who was he here? He was Snap Wexley, ace pilot. He was one of the pilots. He appeared in the scene where they're all standing around the table and looking at the, uh, the printouts. He had a line there. And then he was, he was one of the pilots. I do believe he died, although my kids say he didn't die. So we can see more from Snap next time. But he's, I was going to say, he, so many other people seem to... You know, are going to be popping up in the next one. I'm sure he yeah. will. It's going to be chock full of people who should have died. You can't throw away a character named Snap. <laughs> no, that would be a a crying shame. He was in Alias. He was in Super 8. He was in just about every J.J. Abrams uh, product that you can think of. He has been in it in some way, shape, or form. And when he wasn't in them, I believe that there have they planted references to him. In one way or another, whatever that reference might be, I don't know. 
Wow. So he's sort of, uh, you know how, uh, uh, who's that guy? <laughs> this is so bad. Okay, Laverne and Shirley, who played... Squiggy. No, 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 no. Uh, who played Laverne? That's Penny Marshall's. Penny Marshall's brother. Oh, my God. The director. This is so sad. I know. This is... Uh, Gary this Marshall. Is Gary early Marshall. stage Alzheimer's, everybody. <laughs> Gary Marshall, who it's was documented awesome now. in that uh, Albert Brooks film, uh, uh, Lost in America. No, is that one? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Santa Claus, we can't give you your money back. He's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic in that movie. All right. So Gary Marshall, I have no idea what I was saying. Oh, Gary Marshall has an actor he, who has who worked with... He wasn't with, in this. No, no, no. But he has an actor who has worked with him in every major motion picture. Uh, Hector Elizondo is he in every oh, yeah. Gary Marshall movie. He is his quote-unquote good luck charm. And I think Greg Grunberg is J.J. Abrams' good luck charm. And uh, God bless them. So when I heard that J.J. Abrams was directing this, I thought, I wonder where Grunny is going to fit into this. They call him Grunny. So um, in any case, there he was as Snap Wexley. Um, you, before you were saying, we were both talking about the way we were a little bit disappointed by how Poe Dameron's character came back. Um, well, and I just want to say that, that my I wife... I disappointed that he came my back. My wife, when she saw him reappear, cheered. She's the only person in the, you know, the 500 seat theater who cared that much, but she she cheered and clapped when he came back as though there was any question that he would. Um, so anyway, Grunberg, <laughs> I got that off my chest to talk about him. Uh, we made passing reference, or you made passing reference to Carrie Fisher uh, the last time we spoke, and I'm wondering if you can expand on your feelings about her appearance in this film. Um. She had nothing to do. You could eliminate her from the movie and not disrupt anything. Agreed. I, I didn't like the way... The, I didn't like the little reunion scene. With her and Han? It. Yeah. Yeah. I did not care for um, I didn't particularly care for it either. I felt like... I know that they're playing two characters who um, have had a great deal of uh, baggage or things occur to them since the last time we saw them as a happy couple. But yeah. what we liked about them was their relationship as a happy couple and that kind of zip and pep and a little pepper and a little sting and a little love and all of that that was in there that they both did a fantastic job with. I don't know how they really felt about each other, but I certainly thought they had chemistry. I felt zero chemistry here. Absolutely flat between them. Yeah. Um, this has nothing to do with how people look now that they've aged, which is a whole other no. conversation. Um, I, I, I didn't like the shots of her. I felt like she was always very static in whatever her medium yeah. close-up was. Yeah, we, she was. We mostly saw her in the same shot, which was just a head and shoulder shot. And it, and it seemed like there might have been some, some CGI trickery going on in those shots to kind of soften her. I don't want to say Vaseline on the lens, but that kind of a feeling to those shots to me. Um, that I found distracting. I don't know if anyone else was... Uh, uh, my wife is furious at me when I talk about this. You know, people get old. They're allowed yeah. to get old. And, and, but I feel like they were fighting uh, some of that somehow with her. Well, yeah, unfortunately, I, I've read how she's... Apparently, she's got haters. she got body haters. Oh, I know she does. And I think that's unfortunate. And she's right. Just fuck off is, is oh, her, yeah. her essential response on Twitter is, is screw the bunch of you, which I yeah. love. And she's right. Oh, 100%. We're not talking about how she looked. We're talking about how she didn't do anything and she didn't bring anything. Um, two different she, she was essentially the equivalent of Winona Ryder from <laughs> Star Trek 
in this movie. Oh, okay. She was just, you know, it was almost like she was just one of those people that J.J. wanted to work with a little bit, like Max von Sydow. But no, you need to have her in this film just for the, if she's alive, you need to have her there. But you I need to give her something to do. They had never actually met face to face, but that they reunited on the air, like in communication while okay. he's on the Falcon and she's at the base. And so when he goes out to to, to the, me, the final the, rescue the, there, yeah, yeah. she's like, you know, it, it, I really would like to see you. I like you, that. Uh, You're let's hired. Talk, something yeah, like when that. When she says bring... And then he dies yeah. and they never actually right. got to put closure on it. That would have been such a... Ding. Yeah, Such a no. Heartbreak. Agreed. I think that would have been better if they could have had a scene where they played. You know, they're on the phone. They could play other levels. They could say things that sounded one way, but they could give looks that gave away something else. That could have been a really nice thing. You're hired, by the way. Um, oh. <clears throat> you're on for the next one. Um, so I was disappointed by her. I thought <clears throat> that Harrison Ford kind of acquitted himself. He's he spent a lot of time since then playing much flatter characters than this. I mean, uh, indie aside. I was afraid that he was going to be as uh, low energy yeah. as I feel like he has been the last 10-ish years. Yeah, exactly, 10. And he You're wasn't. being generous. I think he got like it up 17. for this. <clears throat> I think he, he got it up for this more than he did indie. And I think he handled the light comedy well, and I, and I, I just generally liked him in this. Um, and liked him with uh, Ray, and I just liked all I that. I liked the the sort of legend, living legend status that they had with the younger generation. Yes, uh, of characters very like cool. Ray and yeah. So um, uh, <laughs> an aside piece of trivia. This is not something I read. It was something I observed with my eyes. Um, when they inadvertently turn on the chess game on the uh, Millennium Falcon, that yeah. is that is the same exact same game. Moment. I knew it. Yeah, um, but it's it's what would have come next. Um, oh, it's like a continuation. It's a of continuation that game. of that game. Yes. Oh, like it's the first time it's been turned on since back then. I don't know if that's what it's they were saying brilliant. or not. I don't oh, know if that's, that's what they're saying or not. But that's. Uh, and apparently somewhere in there, Finn found the, um, the training orb that Luke had been using somewhere. I missed it. I read about the fact that at some point he picks up and looks at. Yeah, I think I noticed that, actually. I um, like that whole angle of, you know, chapters four, five, and six being derelict. Yes, culture. yes. I mean, I think that's such a fantastic. It's a great way to play it. Uh, yes, it is, and it's just a fantastic opportunity um, to have exist in our universe, their universe, that you you don't get in movies that kind of perspective. When you come back to, you know, you look at The Hustler and then you look at Color of Money, right. they might as well not be the, the same character that, that Paul Newman is playing. It doesn't need to be Fast Eddie. Uh, uh, I can't believe I've forgotten that character's name. Uh, help me. You're not going to know, are you? Uh, Felson, Fast Eddie Felson. <clears throat> it hardly matters. It's uh, it's two separate things. Speaking of Dom Cruz, um, that they exist in the same universe. So many, many times it doesn't matter. And I just feel like there's this really cool opportunity here 
to see how these characters relate to their past, which is also, in a sense, our past. Right. Um, as as consumers of this universe, so I'm uh, just very excited about that. I enjoyed Han Solo. I had no problem with his um, passing; it made perfect sense to me. Yeah, I, it did actually. I but again, I felt like that could have been a more meaningful moment. Uh, agreed. I think so. Between them, I was and reading. Can you explain the, something yeah, else to me? I'll First try. Of all, you never answered my question Uh-oh. about how the Millennium Falcon <laughs> survived getting. Uh, uh, bombed in the blitz that's number one now number two is it just me or after he kills han solo there's like a 10 second wait before someone reacts picks up a gun and fires it again yes i agree that not only was that was that a long time and i think they were allowing us to absorb it but it didn't but it didn't make sense because he he could have been moving in some direction uh uh kylo ren or anyone who was watching him could have been firing already or doing whatever it did really feel um like there was a a gap there i agree with you i agree with you that was the one that was the one uh, moment they chose not i didn't like han solo falling into the infinity machine Whatever that thing, that shaft, right? Like from Jedi. Okay. Again, uh, derivative. I, I, I don't know. To me, I, I know I keep saying derivative. Yeah. Um, and I realize that it's supposed to draw upon the older ones, so it resonates right. with everyone else. I, I think they're trying to do something grander than just be derivative, but for you, the end result just feels derivative. I think their intention is larger than the way it's landing with you. Certainly when I watched it, it didn't land with me the way I feel like they maybe wanted it to. And it's been growing on me. I know my uh, son is seeing it again. One of my sons is seeing it again this weekend or maybe today. And uh, and I want to see it again soon just to, to let it wash over me again and see what I think. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will do that. Um, but what did I want to say? Oh, as he looks out and he sees Kylo Ren, this is now Han Solo in that moment where he sees him on the bridge, and just some part of me knew he was going to call out to Kylo Ren, and part of me knew that it wasn't going to be a name that we had ever heard anyone call him before. <clears throat> and I wasn't exactly... Pr- so I was going to lean to my kid. He was too far away from me. And I was just going to say, like, what would an unlikely Star Wars name be? Like Larry. You know, right. like he just calls out Larry, um, because to me that would be funny. And I was trying to undercut the sort of super seriousness of the moment. Unfortunately, I didn't say it to my son. What we decided later, we did come up with the perfect name for him to have called out. Um, ben is arguable. <clears throat> I, I like it because it does reference the past, but really it should be uh, Luke's kid who's named Ben. That's that's it. That's what it should be. Right. Because Because neither Leia nor... Uh, Solo had a connection to Ben Kenobi that was intense enough, or Obi-Wan Kenobi that was intense enough to use that nickname that wasn't even really his nickname. I think it's right. just what they, it was his, it was an alias. That's what he hid under. He went undercover from Obi-Wan Kenobi as Ben Kenobi because no one could find you that right. way. Um, <clears throat> so the name that I, we decided he ought to have called out to his son was George. That would have delighted me. If uh, if um, Kylo Ren's 
<laughs> birth name had been George. I see that's lying flat on you, but it's the unlikeliness that it would ever be anybody in the universe called that. And of course, it would be derivative. And so consequently, it would have been the perfect name. All right, by now you can empty your flask. <clears throat> I'm getting nothing from this guy. I fucking, I'm turning off this video, man. I don't want to look at your face. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Uh, that was Harrison Ford. Now I think we're up to what my children and I call Fat Luke. Didn't we just say a minute ago we're not hating on people? No, I said I wasn't hating on Carrie. Weight in age. I wasn't hating on Carrie Fisher. I have glad. But now you're hating on Mark Hamill. <laughs> Look, uh, it's been a while since we saw Luke, and you know. Anyway, my my son said you'd think after climbing all those stairs he'd be in a better shape, but in yeah. any case, there Question. he was. Yes. Did he just step out of the outhouse when she walks up, <laughs> or was he oblivious to something coming in for a landing? At the rocks just below him. He must have known she was arriving, actually, and that was that was well, where he, he chose to so wait for her. Surprise! Oh, did he? <laughs> I thought so. Um, I'll have to go back and see if I think it's surprise on his face. Um, all right. So listen, the, you, there's nothing to say about his performance. They say you see him from you know from behind with the metal hand on R2. That could be anybody on Earth in that shot that you see in her force dream. Yeah. So that doesn't even really count as Mark Hamill, as far as I'm concerned. It might have been him, but it could have been anybody. So it isn't. Yeah, but you know, they. What I yeah. am expecting. I could be wrong. I haven't read anything about the production, but I'd be willing to bet that they have pre shot some things for the <laughs> next one. And that Force Dream is still clip. All right. So I am, we're going to get later. I am going to uh, be happy to revisit this conversation and give you credit if that turns out to be the case. Um, we sort of touched on this yesterday. I just don't. I don't think they're going to do any any flashback storytelling um, in the way that you seem to think. But I'll be excited to see how it turns out. In any case, I'm probably too far away from the microphone. So all I meant to say was that it, we we could get a replay of that, but then we see the. The rest of that shot as it tilts up. Yeah. Mark Hamill. Oh, I see what you're saying. That it would reveal his face in that shot. Right. Um, yeah, but possibly. But we're only getting a clip of what they... Quite possibly. So there, you can't really judge uh, his acting in this. And, and, and in all fairness, you can't really judge his... Uh, you his, can't really call it acting, my his friend. Physique. Well, um, oh. there is a thing I've read since seeing it that uh, the last scene of every episode and every part of this uh, um, <clears throat> saga is a silent one. And so this is why they don't say anything in that scene where they otherwise might. Um, okay. But I don't really I didn't really feel like she should have said something necessarily. Um, <clears throat> so. Uh, here's the thing about that. We, we, we made a lot of fun of it here at my house. And, and again, it's not necessarily fair, but, and I'm sure it's going to, because it involves fun, I'm going to get not a flicker of pleasure out of your face as I talk about this, but, uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting to look at you. <laughs> That's okay. The camera. Um, so here's the thing. 
in the trivia, it it makes a point of saying that Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill were put onto a onto a physical fitness regimen. They were they were given sort of personal trainers to help them yes. get ready for these roles. And this that was news <clears throat> going back a year or more, whatever it was, ramping into this. So. Um, God bless them for whatever they accomplished during that time. But it also says in this trivia that they were each given um, <clears throat> stunt training. And I would like to know <clears throat> what part of turning around required stunt training for I think Mark that Hamill. Just gives, I think that just gives credence to my theory <laughs> that they <laughs> intentionally filmed things to use <clears throat> later. Uh, or they're, yeah, or they're, yeah, it's true enough. But generally speaking, you do that stunt training later. You don't necessarily train someone to jump off a building uh, three or four years in the future. Or you're saying they already shot it. I'm saying they already shot it. Why would they have already shot it? What would be the value of shooting that early? Um, so that he could get fat again? So, well, yeah. Because or that, if there's oh. something... First of all, either because you plan to use extended edits of the footage you shot yeah. later. Okay. Like I said, like continuing a sh- shot, right, pulling right. back and seeing little Ray's parents or whatever, you know, just okay. more context of or, what's going or on. That, or that, yes, hang on, or But that... now if, if you have, um, for, if you forgive me for saying yeah. somewhat, Older actors. <laughs> well, they went ahead and killed one of them off. Do yes, but my question is: Yeah, if they're not already in shape, wouldn't it be? It's only going to get harder for them to get in shape right. for those for those work for those oh, scenes. Okay, hang on a second. So, oh, this is a whole level. F- first of all, what I was going to say is one reason that you might shoot it all now, is that Mark Hamill might have actually lost more weight than he appears to have lost in that shot. And they might true. be doing stuff of him as a younger man. And so... Correct. So that right. he would look older in the thing we just saw. Okay, right. that's part of it. But then furthermore, you're saying that the extent to which um, Mark Hamill and or possibly Carrie Fisher are involved in future installments is minimal enough for them to have not only written that already, but shot that already, so that they then don't have to be brought back in in whatever shape they might end up being in. Um, they already have captured what they need right now. Is that what yes. you're saying? Oh, wow. <clears throat> so you're basically... I was going to get bad again. No, no, I think that's, I think that's sound. If I were Mark or Carrie, I'd go, so you don't think I'm going to make it? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> no, no. those movies are I mean. two or three but, years away. <laughs> no, but, I mean, no, I think I think it was, a, it was it was more for practical considerations. It was because they're going to be revealing scenes to us of those two characters. Yeah. That took place between Jedi. Gotcha. And Force okay. Awakens. Uh, that's that's so. A... That's an interesting notion to me. I, I hope that does turn out to be true in a way or whatever. But it and got, rather than rely on makeup or yeah. wiping digitally later. Right, right. Um, I love all of that. 
I love all of that. Um, <clears throat> those ideas, those possibilities that are in there, who knows what it actually turns out to be. I will say that you don't get a lot of Carrie Fisher where uh, you know, mostly what she's been doing lately is just playing Carrie Fisher in one-woman shows and that sort of stuff and writing books right. and so on and so forth. Um, but I happen to be watching a movie that I don't like at all, actually, or that I like very little, Woody Allen's uh, Hannah and Her Sisters. Mm. And the part of that movie I like the most is his part where he's the hypochondriac and he's struggling with uh, issues that he might have a brain tumor or something. And he's very funny in it, and the rest of it is all just whiny, bullshit, who cares? But had forgotten, if I ever really remembered, that Carrie Fisher is in that as, the friend of the, as a, a friend of one of the sisters. So it was cool to see her. I forgot that as well. And uh, also in that, Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, he, he um, Woody Allen's character, works at something that appears yeah. to be a Saturday Night Live type show, and she's yeah. one of the people rushing around with him. Also, Louis Black is one of those people. Huh. And he, you know, these are all, you know, 18, 20 year old versions of those actors and, and looking, she looks similar to she does in Seinfeld, but Lewis is almost unrecognizable in his, you know, not being an angry <laughs> curmudgeon, but just being an actor. Uh, when I showed it to my son who loves him as a stand up, he looked at it and went, this makes me a little sad. Watching, watching Lewis Black sort of be an actor and what his career was that he thought it was going to be versus what it became. Yeah. Um, and J.T. Walsh is in it as the oh, guy no as the guy from Standards and Practices, um, and he's a uh, you know a journeyman, a veteran, and and essentially playing a version of an asshole. Uh, then as he did many other times, <clears throat> but he's another fantastic actor. So rest his soul. Yes, we uh, he is missed. He uh, brought a lot to many projects. Um, that almost does it for me for the cast. I don't know. Uh, is there anyone else that, or any other sort of plot things or concerns or hopes for the future that you have? Um, a stronger, a stronger episode eight. Okay, I, I bet they will. Uh, <clears throat> they will give you a stronger one. Um, in much the same way, you can almost think that maybe it will be. If they're going to be so busy sort of calling back to the past, then by all rights, episode eight should be the strongest of the three that we are now starting. In much the same way that uh, The Empire Strikes Back is considered, often considered, the strongest, you know. <laughs> I should probably go back and watch that, but then I... Yeah, I guess I should watch all three. <laughs> well, it's sometime between now and, a strong word. and two years from now. But I'm just saying that episode, what would be for five, episode five is considered by fans to be the best episode uh, of all six currently, or now seven currently available. <clears throat> and, uh, and so consequently, arguably, episode eight should mirror that and be absolutely terrific, or at least a step above episode seven, um, if they're really trying to do... Uh, bring back uh, the feelings from each one of these things. I think right now they're ranking uh, episodes it goes, uh, the top three is episode five, episode four, and then episode seven in terms of popularity of the series. Overall. <clears throat> the last time I looked. But Empire has those damned Ewoks. Uh no, I do they do the Ewoks come in in Empire or do they come? I think they come in in Jedi. 
you're Return right. of the Jedi. Yeah. Right. So we'll have that to look forward to. Some version of an Ewok or a Ewok uh, level. Um, <clears throat> I don't By think the way, I... Yes? When the chess figures yeah. popped, uh, the chess hologram popped back up, I saw a similarity that I hadn't noticed before to George Lucas's earlier film, THX 1138. Oh, really? With Robert Duvall, where the... In that movie future home entertainment includes a channel it's basically a hologram tv yeah you switch through channels and you get a little live action playing out one of which is a plastic coated monolithic person just insensibly beating on another one like a like a life-size version of that chess set uh, that's, in uh, episode four, which would also then, yeah, in the episode four one, but it didn't sort of trip with you until until now. Maybe you hadn't seen right. THX uh, during the original pass. No, no, definitely not. And that's THX eleven thirty eight. Are those the? Is that? That's the name of the movie. Okay, cool. You haven't seen this? No, no, I have, but I haven't set the random <laughs> combination of numbers and letters to memory. That's all. No, I know I saw it. I saw it. I don't think it's it's the be all and end all, but I certainly. I love it. I certainly, uh, I'll, you know what? I'll revisit it. I'll revisit it at some point. Um, I will. Yeah. No, my work is done. If Your you're going to revisit done. it. Okay. <laughs> my work is um, done. He, let's see, as long as you've mentioned THX, uh, there is, you know, something similar in that the characters in that film are uh, numbered, that they're not named. They right. don't have individual identities, much in the same way that Stormtroopers and... Oh, yeah. Whole... Much has been made uh, about the visuals similarity uh, that uh, THX has a lot of Star Wars elements in embryonic form. Oh, okay. Uh, you know what? I'm late to but that party, then. I've never... not. I haven't read that much about it, but I've never heard as much about like the hologram and the televised entertainment oh okay the, i see what you're saying the similarity there i gotcha i gotcha i'm just quickly looking over to see um i had collected a couple of the more what for me were the more interesting um trivia things i just want to make sure i'm not missing any because then i'll hit my head later and go well now we have to do a follow-up oh yeah, are we they- gonna do episode three what is this now <laughs> No, no, no. I can't put any of us through that. Um, uh, the Wilhelm Scream. Are you a, a, a fan, a follower of the Wilhelm Scream? Are you uh, in the know of, on this? Or am I introducing you to something new? I don't know what this is. The okay. Wilhelm uh, the Wilhelm Scream. I'm going to massacre this so people can scream at their listening devices that I'm doing this wrong. But uh, sometime many years ago, I'm going to say back in the probably the 50s. Think of like uh, Ant or Them. I think is yeah. what it was called. Um, somewhere along in there, there became a, a scream that uh, sound editors used, and it was just the same scream. They just kept using it. And I don't know why it takes Wilhelm, if that's the guy who did it originally or what it is. But if you go back to see them, you'll hear the Wilhelm scream. You'll yeah. hear it in, in you know um, Indiana Jones when people are falling off of bridges and so on and so forth. And in this particular film, when... Um, Poe and Finn are trying to escape in the TIE fighter and it's tethered to the wall, yes. which personally I thought was terrific. I loved that. 
yeah. and he's just sort of firing randomly at, at guys. There's a giant explosion, and a man is thrown through the air. And as he as he throws, you can hear the Wilhelm scream. It's very distinctive. My wife and kids are excellent at hearing it, but you can hear it in commercials. You can hear it. It's in a lot of places now because eventually it became like a thing to do it, and so it kind of exploded. But um, just go to your go to your Google device, people, and type in you know films with Wilhelm scream, and you'll see a list of probably dozens, if not uh, uh, more than a hundred of them. Wow. So uh, that, I guess, is the last little bit. And I'm surprised. Uh, I thought if I brought it up, I would be mocked for thinking that that you didn't already know about it or that the listeners didn't. So there you go. That's maybe something I brought to the table. Um, Listen, real quick at the end here, um, since this is an actual uh, factual version of this show, I wanted to do a trailer talk. I have a little thing I've been holding in my pocket since for a very long time. All right, talk it out. All right. Well, <clears throat> I don't want to get in trouble uh, because even the mentioning of it might make you say, shut up, don't want spoilers. Have you seen the trailer for Hail Caesar? No. Hail Caesar is the next Coen Brothers movie. I would avert my eyes anyway. Yes. Uh, and I would have if I'd kind of known what I was looking at at first. Um, <clears throat> so... What kind of information am I allowed to say about it that won't upset you? Can I talk about the cast? Yeah, tell me who's in it so that this way when I'm in a theater and the trailer starts... You'll know. I can hide my eyes early. Written and directed, of course, by the brothers. And I'm scrolling down here a little bit. Scarlett Johansson, Channing Tatum, Rafe Fiennes, Jonah Hill, David Krumholtz, Tilda Swinton... Josh Brolin, George Clooney, Dolph Lundgren, Francis McDormand, Fisher Stevens, Clancy Brown. Do you know Clancy Brown? I love (laughs) Clancy Brown. I went, uh, I was uh, on the crew of a guy who interviewed him. So I got to be in a room with him and listen to him talk about his whole career and do his uh, character, you know, cartoon character voice and everything else. He was awesome. Um, He's a fantastic guy. There's a documentary to happen. Chris Lambert is in this movie. You can Jeez. see that this is like, this is an incredible, incredible collection of people. I'm just checking to see. That's if like there's... the kind of cast that you would see for an animated film. Yeah, Robert Picardo. Do you know Bob Picardo? I don't... He's an actor when you looked at him, you'd immediately go, oh, that guy. He was on one of the, like, Star Trek Next Generation. He's balding. <clears throat> I know, so is the... Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's, one of, I... he's one of those guys. So okay. he's in it. On and on, that list is formidable, and it is, uh, I was going to say, like, a cross between, I want to say, Hudsucker Proxy for the energy of it, um, as in a screwball comedy type energy, and, uh, but you could, uh, you could possibly reference, um, uh, Raising Arizona, I mean, they, they weren't, um, they've got so many of these great old comedies, it looks like. A great old, a new version of an old comedy set in the fifties and about sort of Hollywood. Um, oh, very cool! And it looks like it's just going to be a rip snorting good time. Uh, so I can't wait for that, and I don't know uh, what the release date. It says twenty sixteen, obviously, but I don't know what the actual the date is. Um, I was too busy uh, having you know f- fanboy gasms in my seat to uh, to track that. Very closely. Do you have any trailers you saw? Maybe it's Star Wars or something. Uh, what did we see? The, the Secret Life of Pets. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, we saw Batman versus Superman. 
not see that. No, I saw the Civil War, Captain America, uh. Iron Man. <laughs> I'm pretty much over those uh, cartoon. And every time my son hears me say that, he goes, what? What are you? You're not going to go? And I'm like, no, I'm going to go because I have a 17-year-old son who wants to see them. But I'm telling you right now, uh, you know, uh, what is his name? Cahill, whoever plays Superman. Uh, yeah. he, he leaves me a little cold. I don't really care about Wonder Woman or the beginning of the Justice League. Uh, I'm interested in seeing Ben Affleck and what his Batman looks like. Because as much as I love the, uh, the Chris Nolan uh, Batman uh, trilogy, I never yeah. quite bought... Um, I can't believe I'm spacing on his name, but why should I start remembering them now? <sighs> the British actor who played Batman. Bale. Christian Bale. Bale. Christian Bale. <clears throat> I never quite bought into him as either Batman or Bruce Wayne, really. Um, he did a solid job, but I never got excited. I'm a little bit more excited about what Ben Affleck can bring to it, which is more like a meathead quality, <laughs> which I think <laughs> Batman could use. <laughs> oh, boy. No, Bruce Wayne could have been a Steve Doerr. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So, yeah. um, you know... Yeah. I have to tell you something, though, sure. about Wonder Woman. Uh-oh. So when I was a little kid, I always thought of this. So she rides around in an invisible jet. Yes. But if you remember in the comic books and the cartoons, do you know where I'm going with this? I, I imagine a little perverted mind, but go on. Yeah. Well, she's not invisible. Right. So people <laughs> on the ground looking up, not only do they see a woman just in a seated position flying yes. around. Yes. But she's all flattened out on the bottom. Right. <laughs> yes. And so I you just, you now have a subscription that to a uh... is what could have scarred John. <laughs> okay. So you now have a subscription to a website where women sit on glass coffee tables and the shots are just <laughs> from underneath. That's the only way you can achieve <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, that was always a little bit ludicrous, but I'm not sure how else they could have managed to display that except make her invisible, too. Uh, that would be awesome. Just a shot of the sky and then the sound, you know, of her, her No, ship. no, no. It would, they, they, they used the white outline oh, for okay. the Oh, for the thing. So then for her, it could be a perforated line oh. <laughs> without okay. any colors, just moving within. <laughs> right. Oh my God! Yes, well, they missed a they missed an opportunity there, definitely. Uh, the technology wasn't up to. <laughs> well, I'll be very interested to see what they do with this. Speaking of the technology being yes. up to snuff, yeah, I really loved the way that galactic map was rendered as like this domed, three dimensional miniature that you could walk around. I'm sorry, in in. Star Wars. Star Wars. I'm so, sorry, I just you so, shifted gears on yeah. me too fast, and I'm not remembering that scene. I was awake for all of this movie, which is very when unusual they, for me. When, when, when they put the missing piece of the map. And... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. True. Yes, exactly. That's very cool, but it was a very non-complicated um, way. I don't know, just not a very sophisticated way for him to hide. Also, R2 waking up when R2 woke up was completely random. Mm-hmm. And that I was like, what? What the fuck? And you know, there's this ridiculous debate going on about if BB-8 is female. Oh no. Yeah, because R2D2, we had just all Hang on. apparently we'd all yeah. imprinted 
male, male on R2. Onto him. Yeah. So just the way we print that's why they printed named this one BB. Oh. To give it a, a more feminine, feminine name. And it has the curves. It has the curves, of and course. It's got the curves. And it's BB pregnant eight. with information. Um, I actually. I actually want to make a con you can join me in this. We can become a, a vocal contingent saying that BB88 is actually uh, gender fluid. BBA. BB8 is gender fluid. And uh, it wasn't so much the name of the thing that was the point, but my joke about her uh, orientation or her, 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 how she identifies herself. Never mind. Uh, this is a perfect place to end. It's yes. just in the quietness. Oh my God. I yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. And on that note, Happy New Year to you, sir. Yes. Happy New Year to you. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, and Happy New Year to those who are listening. We, we, we deeply appreciate the fact that you have found us and that you're listening to us and encourage you to visit a website which will become more robust and a face page that will become more robust in yes. the new year. Um, and to leave, uh, you know, review us on iTunes and tell your friends and spread the word. We, uh, we're, we're delighted to have you with us and we want to grow as we move forward. Um, and yes. yes. So uh, for uh, 2016, this is Dr. Dooley on behalf of Dr. Meyer saying, in fact, that the doctors are out. <laughs>